It's my magic man, the leader, but Hector is closing fast, really fast. He goes up to take the lead, Hector Foley. My magic man is hanging on a second, but here comes Rev Rose. Marvellous stuff from the king. Hector Foley won it and beat Rev Rose. Third across the line, my magic man. Fourth was Mapunga Smokey ahead of Trooper Tears. But it's Val Policella. Val Policella, three in front. Zohar Bale tries hard with Zulu Blast. Lena Jinx was next. Val Policella in front. Zohar Bale's trying hard. He dives him. Is Val Policella. Val Policella won again and beats Zohar Bale. Some of the action on a sensational night. One of the Australian Cup Carnival at the Meadows on the Saturday. Big McGuan, good afternoon to you. G'day, Riley. How are you? Good weekend for you? Good weekend. Great to have you in the studio, as it is uh, Corey Smith from the Meadows. Corey, good afternoon. Uh, fantastic night. One of the Australian Cup Carnival on Saturday night. It certainly was. Uh, cracking races throughout the night. There was uh, plenty of fast times in the perfect conditions out there on Saturday, and I'm happy to be getting stuck back into greyhound racing because I've already uh, lost on the coin toss and the national anthem on the Super Bowl this morning. <laughs> so uh, hopefully we can we can talk some greyhounds and uh, get my mind off that. And we are joined by Australian Cup winning trainer from a few years ago, Anthony Azapati. Before we start talking about uh, your greyhound past the buck that we'll see in the semifinals last week after he won the Australian Cup, uh, I just wanted to go back to 2020, Anthony, with... Uh, the Australian Cup winner, Fernando's right. You obviously had Whiskey Ride in the race as well, who who was your, the short price favourite and probably all the rage, but he, he got upset and it didn't really matter because you uh, you managed to still get the chockies in the Oz Cup. Yeah, no, it didn't really matter. It's, uh, actually, it was you know not taking away anything from uh, Whiskey Ride, but I was really good to see that his brother, the winner, a, a big race like that because... He was always in the shadows of him and um, to knock his own little brother off, was, it was good to see, you know. Yeah, so first and third in the Australian Cup, Anthony, it's it's the sort of stuff that dreams are made of, really. You, you've won plenty of big races, but to win an Australian Cup, to have that on the mantelpiece as a trainer, it's it's got to be a massive thrill. Oh, massive, mate, a massive thrill. You know, it's one of the best races on the calendar, and, yeah, no, it's... Um, Still buzzing, mate, a bit, honestly, and um, it's bringing a bit of memories back, going back through these heats now, and, yeah, no, it is a big, big thrill. Let's get to last Saturday night, Anthony, past the buck, race nine in the program, box six. What did you think on box rise? Because we saw the the three-dog ping the lid. You were a couple of lengths behind it out of the straight the first time. What were your thoughts going through your mind there? Actually, I, I, I'm really happy. He still ran 5.02, so I couldn't be too upset of it. You know, he's... Um, not too many dogs can break five there, as you know, and he's still running his five oh two, so that tells me he's still on the mark, you know. He's to be truthful, he was a run short from um Terralgan and had a couple little hiccups there and had to sort of speed things up to get him there. So his run on Merrill's was pretty good. I was very happy with that. Obviously you're a very experienced trainer, and when you tell people publicly about he's a run short. What are you anticipating in terms of lengths you can improve going into next week? Oh, I think he's got a bit under his uh, under his belt because, um, you know, he had his run at Terralgan and he had about uh, 11 days without work, just on the just bit of swimming and on the walker machine. And we gave him a post-to-post on Monday or sort of wasn't the ideal thing, but he had to get a bit of miles in his legs and he's run the best of the day at the Meadows. So he's up to the mark and um, just that 500 is a hard 500. So yeah, he filtered a little bit. He's a bit flat, but he's starting to pick up now. So 
Yeah, I wouldn't mind a couple of trials under his belt leading into it, but it didn't happen. So, but anyway, it's the result come. As a trainer with this sort of setup going into a race, he says he was maybe a run short. Does the three-week series suit a greyhound like this a little bit better? Him coming in on the fresh side, we know he can run those sizzling sectionals early. Do, does that kind of help and he, he'll get stronger as he goes through the three-week series and be cherry ripe hopefully on February 24 in the big one? Yep, perfect. They're perfect for dogs like that. You know, if they are a bit short or... It, it gives every dog, you know what, it, the three-week series... I think I, I'm all for that because it gives every dog a chance. The good ones might, you know, you get some of them just a bit unlucky runs and they can make it through the next week and, and mend, the, mend the mistakes, you know. But I think for group one, three weeks, you know, I'm all for that. It just gives you that extra chance if, you know, something goes wrong the first round. Anthony, just in terms of having background in, in uh, the AFL circles, and you can go into a practice match a little bit flat or underdone, as you call it, and then you have your practice match. What happens when you know your greyhound is a run short? What do you do after a run like Saturday night, say, for the next three or four days? Do you really try to freshen the greyhound up? And what type of training do you give the greyhound? Yeah, yeah. I, he, as soon as he got home, he went straight in the in the canine duty here. We got a spa here. He got, went straight in it. Um, a bath the next day and just let him run in the paddock just to do what he wants to do. But I sort of like to... Early in the week, just giving him a bit of hard work. I will work him hard tomorrow and just leave him, leave him alone for, for Saturday. Then he'll just be in and out of his kennel. And um, hopefully, yeah, he'll be back to his best. Well, that's how he sort of likes it and and uh, got the results out of it, you know? That's a free galloping you're talking about, the hard work, and how long yeah. will that be for? Oh, no, well, free gallop like this morning in the paddock and in a... It's a 60-metre by 60-metre paddock. He'll just run around and do his own thing. But tomorrow he'll go up my straight track over 350. He'll be chasing a, a drag lure. So, yeah, it's a uh, hard run up the hill. Always intriguing to hear the insights uh, from the trainers on, on the preparations because I'm sure everyone has different opinions. But uh, the the race after Pass the Buck on Saturday night, we saw Explicit win the Temley. And you could say that uh, Explicit and Pass the Buck, their careers are somewhat intertwined. They, we saw them clash throughout the Great Chase series uh, last year and we've been kind of speaking about how good Explicit's early speed is. But Pass the Buck managed to lead him in the Group 3 final and unfortunately went a miss in that race. But uh, does... It, does it kind of give you a little bit of confidence going into this sort of series that you know a greyhound that you have in your kennel can absolutely nail the start and can kind of break them apart? Oh, 100%. You know, they both, well, he's a really, he's a, he's a talent himself, you know. He's going to be very hard to beat with his early speed. But, yeah, our bloke's the same. I say Explizer's probably got a little bit more batter section up the back. We got a little bit of a flat spot there, but our run home is, is pretty quite good, you know, and... Look, yeah, they're, they're similar makeup, but um, yeah, no, it gives us a lot of confidence, you know, watching him and and knowing we got this fella can sort of match him early. So, look, it'll be a good good race if we can clash. Uh, just looking at the the draws that he's won from, he obviously had the one in the Phoenix and not everything went to plan that night, but he wins from box six on the weekend. He, he's got a nice little spread of, of the boxes that he's won from. Is there a preferred box for you or do you think his early speed can, can kind of take over and it doesn't really matter too much? Uh, yeah, he's early speaking takeover, so that that's the beauty about him. And you know, belongs something doesn't crash on the outside, can go with him early. But yeah, that's but with his early speed, you don't really worry about too much, you know.
We are chatting Australian Cup Carnival with Mick McGuan and Corey Smith from the Meadows. And we're now joined by Jeff Britton. Uh, Jeff had a couple of runners on Saturday night, including one of them in the Temley. He ran a really nice placing, Mapunga Shine. Uh, Jeff, this greyhound's not even two years old. He's won a Group 1 at the Meadows in the Silver Chief last year, and he ran a really nice race on Saturday night from the inside draw. Yeah, look, he, uh, you know, he probably drew pretty well, and uh, he did... You know, what he had to do, he just wasn't good enough to, to beat explicit. And uh, so, you know, he, um, you know, he ran in, went into the race um, uh, a little bit underdone. I couldn't do what I could do, uh, wanted to do. He had a little bit of a, a, a spike wound. And uh, so I'm just sort of hoping next week you might be better for it. What did you want to do that you couldn't do, Jeff? I, I couldn't. From the Thursday before at Sandown, uh, he got a bit of a spike wound from there, so I couldn't really work him as hard as I'd like, like uh, running. I just had to keep him on the lead and uh, right up to the race. And uh, so, as I say, hopefully he's a little bit better for next time. And I, I really didn't know what to expect, but he ran a really good race. Did he have a good blow after the Tim Lee? Yeah, look, he just seemed normal, you know, but, uh, you know, as I say, it was just a different preparation. And uh, so I didn't really know how he'd go. And when he ran a good third, well, I was pretty happy with it. Uh, we just spoke to Anthony Azapati about pass the buck, and he he uh, kind of he well he said a similar thing in that pass the buck will be better for the run. Do you think the three week series for Mpunga Shine? I know he's had a hard campaign after that Silver Chief going up to Queensland and then to Sydney and then back down to Victoria. Do you think the three week series will, will suit him? Do you think he'll improve as he goes on if he can get through this week? Yeah, look, I, I think it's a great idea what they've done. It's a much better system. It's not as cutthroat, uh, and you know, if you're running for, you know, what it was uh, just to win the race to get in, it really relied on box draws uh, to get into the race. And some dogs were getting into the race by box draws. And at least now you can run a really good second in the semis on you know, Saturday night and uh, and get into the race. So I think it's a great idea. What's his ideal box, do you think, Jeff? Uh, look, he, he likes the one, but... I really thought he was really well boxed in the Silver Chief at box box three. Um, he just, uh, you know, a little bit off the fence, and uh, it, and it all depends what's around them. And I really felt in the Silver Chief he had uh, the right dogs around him. And uh, at the time he was running about five dead to the first mark. And at, at this stage, you know, he needs to improve the length to the first mark. And uh, but if you've got a dog inside you that wants to rail on something that wants to get off a little bit, and you draw a box three, I think that's probably perfect for him. Uh, Jeff, he's not your only runner that you'll have in next week. Uh, a greyhound that I'm really excited by, and I think he has an enormous upside, is Mapunga Award. Uh, he's another greyhound that's not even two years old. You didn't take him up to Queensland or, or Sydney. Were, what were the reservations about sending him up there? He's certainly got the talent to measure up. Yeah, it was mainly because he was too young. Um, and too inexperienced, and he, his box manners aren't that good, even though he's getting better. Uh, I just thought if I mix him up too much, you know, by going interstate, uh, all he can do is really get knocked around. So um, I, I just didn't want him to get too knocked around. At least he, if he goes to Meadows, he knows where he's going. And uh, so if he gets in, you know, midfield, he just shows what he does. He goes through the field and he seems to 
avoid trouble. Great to have uh, Mick McGowan. He's going to hang around all afternoon and uh, chat Mary Barra Trotz. Corey Smith from the Meadows is with us as we chat Australian Cup Carnival and we look forward, Corey, on Saturday night to the Australian Cup semis, the Fandabale Heats and the Rookie Rebel Prelude. Yeah, it's going to be a cracking night racing and uh, hopefully we get as good a weather as we did Saturday night because we've got a big kids' night planned as well. So there'll be inflatables, there'll be magic shows, there'll be free show bags, free entry as always uh, at the Meadows. So hopefully we can get a a big crowd and uh, celebrate some really, really good racing because I reckon those box draws are going to be seriously important, Mick. But uh, regardless, I think they're going to be really impressive racing. Who's your early pick for the Australian Cup? Uh, I actually said Saturday night. I really like Mapunga Reward. That was part of the reason why I wanted to chat to Jeff Britton because I, I know he's going to need some luck. He doesn't nail the start, but he's got a massive engine and I think he's one of the, one of the best youngsters, if not the best youngster in the sport alongside Explicit. So uh, Explicit's obviously the one that's going to be hard to beat if he can run those sort of sectionals, but Mapunga Reward might be uh, a little bit of value for me. And from a futures perspective, the Fanta Bayer Superstayers, What's your early sort of pick there when you're talking marketplace like Wildfire and Palawa King of 450 each of two at the moment? Zoho, Zoha Bale, who ran terrifically on Saturday night, just failing to wheel back in the Queensland Greyhound Valpolicella is five fifty, and Zulu Zulu Blast is six dollars. Yeah, it's uh, it's an intriguing one. Valpolicella is not coming back for these. Uh, she's she's going to have a bit of a let up, bit of a spell. Uh, spoke to Tony Zamet after the race, and and he confirmed that Palawa King for me, uh, him and him and Valpolicella are the two best stayers in in the land at the moment. Zohar Bale was enormous, but I, I think watch out for Lena Jinx. I think she'll be improved for her first crack at the Meadows seven thirty under race conditions and Zulu Blast as well. If he can get back to those uh, sectionals that he was running in the in the two starts prior to the Zoom top, I think he's going to be highballing out in front and really difficult to beat. But, uh, yeah, it's a bit of a wide-open Fantabale uh, this year. Australian Cup semi-finals, the Fantabale Heats and the Rookie Rebel Prelude this Saturday night, uh, Feb 17. If you're looking for a good night out, get along to the Meadows. Corey Smith, uh, always great to have you in the studio chatting Greyhounds. Thank you very much, Riley and Mick, uh, and thank you to Jeff and Anthony as well. They were very insightful, which is what we always love to see from our trainers.